Do we like that? Like, what if Zeke saw Chopping Mall? Is like this is the what if cycle? Do we like that? <laughs> sure. Or it, it, are we going to do? Is it Marvel or DC? Is it what if or is it Elseworlds? <laughs> <laughs> Zeke, <laughs> you get to decide how gritty your reboot is. <laughs> uh, I'm a what if guy, so I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. What if? I do like the Elseworlds idea, though. Scott, you were so sweet last episode. You're like, uh, nothing against you, Joel, but our 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 sound was evolving, which was so <laughs> diplomatic to say our sound was shit because we had two mics and I didn't know how to edit without clipping yet. So <laughs> we we're in a better place. <laughs> this is all the cold open, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Joel, sometimes I feel like you want to start a new podcast that's called The Cold Open that just doesn't have an introduction and it just like you, it starts with just like us talking. Everybody and welcome to Movie Mumble, our monthly movie discussion podcast where four idiots get together and share our suffering with a, Excuse, with a movie. It's, it's three idiots in Zeke, as previously That's discussed. That's true. You're right. I apologize. <laughs> I appreciate it that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, for those of you unfamiliar, Movie Mumble is a just a monthly movie podcast where we all take turns picking movies, we watch them, and then we talk about them. And that's about it. There are no rules. Our films can be animated or live action, new or old, foreign or domestic, films we've seen before many times or never seen before at all. They can be pretty much anything. We'll always announce what we're watching at the end of each episode so you can watch along with us. And we do spoil everything we watch. So if you're worried about that sort of thing, watch a movie before listening to its movie mumble episode. And yeah, that's kind of the whole premise. We we do get off topic sometimes, as we did with this uh, original version of this episode, but the idea is that we get more out of the things we love when we share them with the people we love. That's proven to be true here on this podcast again and again. I'm your host, Beast Orca Scott Murray. I'm joined here by my fellow imminent victims, black and white giant crab movie lover, Joel Lewis. Fuck the future. It's Friday, boys. <laughs> Pepperoni lover, Tim Gerard. <laughs> Hi guys. <laughs> and elevator roof riders, the Perez. Protector one going online. <laughs> you, uh, now you listeners all get to figure out which one of us is a man who only smokes virgin lights, which one of us only smokes virgins who are light, which one of us is a mechanic in a Canadian tuxedo, and which one of us is a suspiciously dedicated janitor. <laughs> <laughs> esteemed uh, character actor in that role <laughs> right. the one bit of clout <laughs> so uh this series of of videos here movies i don't know why i call them videos 
I, I blame the company that made the film. <laughs> anyway, this, this that Bond conglomerate is, that is no longer in business. Yeah, right. This is going to be a throwback series. As some of you may remember, Zeke was not originally one of our hosts. And we decided that we wanted to each go back and pick a film from before Zeke came on and then watch it with him and talk about it, get his views and see if our views might have changed over time. So uh, we're going in normal order here. Joel started us off and you brought us back to Chopping Mall, also called Killbots. Thank you. Have a nice day. <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> we're dusting off the VHS for this one, boys. Dusting it off. Oh yes, or in this case, brushing off the uh, the YouTube grainy upload from the <laughs> early days. Chopping Mall is a 1986 release, and it is it, your exact perfect stereotypical 1980s slasher movie with teenagers getting up to sexy things and then getting killed and then fighting back, and that's. And I, it, it's better for it. Everything about it is a paint-by-number slasher, but it's an on-purpose paint-by-number slasher. You know, it wasn't the case of the crew showing up half asleep doing yet another one of these. It was a case of everybody taking bumps of coke as they arrived and going, yeah, let's do it! As perfectly average as possible. Uh, do you do you, you want to re-intro Shopping Mall, Joel? Or, or walk us through why you picked this in particular? I don't know how I follow that. <laughs> That that sounded like cocaine inspired from this end, but I'm usually the one that sounds like that. It's catching. Um, Chopping Ball, it, it was the gateway drug for horror for me. We When we watched it with John, like I had a very specific vision of what I thought horror was in my head. And it was like the ring is just like non-stop scary, all jump scares, but this this has a whimsy to it and a fun to it that it just it, it characterizes a whole subgenre and a lot of what came out in the eighties is this tone. But I don't know that anything captures it quite as perfectly as this does. Um, yeah, I saw this before Friday the Thirteenth, uh, um, the uh, Nightmare on Elm Streets or, or Halloween's. This, this I this was my kind of introduction to slasher. And it, it, it casts a big shadow. It, no, I don't, there's, a, there's a lot that's fun about a lot of those old slashers. And it's the kills and how the bodies are arranged and the effects and the middling to insane eccentric performances. I'm thinking Crispin Glover in one of the Friday the 13th sequels. Like, it, it, it's such an interesting genre. And this just is a great snapshot of it. And I was talking before with Scott about it. My favorite thing about us getting to talk about this is that we're actually going to talk about it. The episode that we had John on, we talked a lot about movies and and the uh, the movement of film through horror and a lot about George Romero, as John is wont to do. <laughs> to be fair, we focused on our special guest. We did. You know, and, and it was to the detriment of the film, admittedly. But, yeah. you know, it wasn't that, wasn't entirely pointless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I I hadn't listened to that episode in a long time. I hadn't watched this in a while. In a while, um, so when I was looking back through, it was like, oh, this this would be such a great one to revisit, especially since we 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 have co opted the "fuck the future, it's Friday" catchphrase. It's one of my favorite internal memes that the four of us distribute, and now Zeke understands that reference, as he said in the chat yesterday, which made me very happy. It's loomed large. Like I said, it kind of kicked off. After this one, I was like, oh, if, if there are horror movies like this, I think I could like them a lot more. 
and two 30 days of horror later <laughs> i've got over 200 <laughs> horror movies i've seen some awful things <laughs> it's it's it, it it's important to me for that reason and i i like i just enjoyed it it'd been a while it's a fun one to revisit and i was i was interested to to see if it held up and it, it for me it totally did so that's intro and second impression and why i chose it <laughs> well i'm very glad you chose it because i mean like you said it just it was horror but fun <laughs> and it was really great to return to it and normally at this point we might go around and do first impressions but i'd like to start with zeke's first impression and then do second impressions from the rest of us if that's all right with you zeke absolutely yeah so first was this john's pick or was this yeah, like we had him okay. on a special guest for an episode, okay. like we did with you in Bad Times at the El Royale. Yeah, he right, brought us right. chopping ball. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I can't ask him, but like, where does one even find a movie? So like the story this? goes that he found it in his local um, video store, like uh, where mm-hmm. he would rent movies. It was a local one, and he he saw the the cover art of the robot hand with the bag and the blood and the guts falling out of it, and he's like, "That one, please." <laughs> and uh, he, it, the rest is history. He, he ended up buying, when that uh, video store went out of business, he bought the VHS copy that he watched for the mm. first time. So it's, it's a big, and he gifted, he ended up getting a chopping mall on Blu-ray and gifted me the DVD that we watched it together for the first time. So there's a little shared DNA there. <laughs> uh, but nice. yeah, just, it, it showed up on the shelf one day and he was like, <laughs> please, that one. <laughs> was like, I, and I will say the cover art, having like gone and looked at some shopping mall stuff. That's that's some good cover art. Like that's solid. So a solid intro to the movie. I just, I have more questions later about <laughs> because the, Joel, I'm getting some WrestleManiac vibes yes. from this, right? Where it's like, <laughs> that's it's, gotta be the name of the episode. I have some questions later. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> Zeke, I don't know that anyone ever has ever, referred to something as giving them WrestleMania vibes. <laughs> that's the sentence that's never been spoken <laughs> in the English language until now. So I'm happy to be a part of history. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I Because anyway, this is a whole separate topic aside from my first impressions, but it does feel like it was right. It like wasn't, it was a very small market, not a big horror movie, I think at its release, right? And I know it was released as Killbots and then re-released as Shopping Mall. Um, Anyway, what a roller coaster of a treasure of a movie <laughs> that I loved so much. It was just uh, uh, such a fun watch. Um, I mean, it had me the first two minutes in when, because it starts with the um, the training video for using the the, the protectors, the killbots, um, and that. I, so I thought it was going to be that tone, right? Because it's kind of parodying training videos, and I was like, "Oh, this is the." And I was just like, just cheesing the whole time. I was like, "I, I love this." Uh, just humorous piece of shit that this is. Um, and then it levels out and it's more of a slasher horror and it's still funny, but not in that training video funny, but still funny enough for different reasons. Um, very whimsical, very fun. I liked it. And it's, it's a good, I, I think um, in the original episode, Scott, you were talking a little bit about it just being just a fun watch, right? Like you kind of can just watch it and enjoy it. And great. Like I enjoyed having seen that on and it's hand, quick it sounds like me but on the other hand we didn't talk about the movie at all so you must be <laughs> that's fair it might have been a genre generally or a subgenre <laughs> no, that is a quick watch i'm sure you're right <laughs> sorry please but no yeah um yeah but no i think it was uh just a very fun 
refreshing quick hour 10 whatever it is um you don't get a lot of those anymore it's 85 minutes it's the best so quick and i'm like where's more of it um just i love the little robots i you know everything else is pretty standard but yeah great great movie i enjoyed it a lot did you did you look up anything previous did you have any impression going in other i mean that's a good question uh wait you guess i had heard the, had you heard the the episode that we had done previously, or I listened like... to no, I listened to it after I watched it, and okay. so to be honest, I can't even remember because when you, I don't know, and to me, I like I know they went from again Killbots to Chopping Mall, which sounds like two very different movies to me because when I heard Chopping Mall and when I turned it on, and I think I was caught off guard by the training video because I thought Chopping Mall would be like some guy stabbing people in a mall or you know a slasher with a human doing the slashing. (laughs) Um, So I did not think it was (laughs) robots with little pincers and laser beams and all sorts of fun weaponry that track you down and, and have ID systems and stuff. Um, So I think it was even better for knowing nothing about it going in. I think that just enhanced it for me. Um, That was a great surprise 30 seconds into the movie. Um, Yeah. Good question. What about the rest of your second impressions or 15th impressions or however many times you've watched this? Yeah, it was, it was interesting. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm not usually a fan of the whole like B movie thing of like, Oh, this is so good because it's so bad. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not against it. It just usually doesn't like appeal to me that much. I mean, unless you're watching it with a group of people and you're all actively like making fun of it together, which, which kind of is what this was, but so yeah, watching it by myself was a little different in that respect because it wasn't like something that I was like, oh, I'm going to laugh at how bad this is. But what what was interesting was it, I almost appreciated it more just as a mid '80s horror film. Like like it's almost yeah, it's almost like it wasn't. I mean, I feel like there are probably some movies that were terrible the second they were made. And maybe those are the ones that are more like the B movies that get made fun of. Whereas this, I feel like it was a lot of it was bad just because it was like the mid eighties and almost everything from that time looks like that. But I I just remember like, as I was watching it, I was like, like, yes, this is cheesy, but I've definitely seen like way cheesier things and way more over the top things. And the, the, the thing that kept coming to mind is, I mean, aside from the, the setting and what it must've cost because of all the stuff they destroy throughout the film is it was very like economical in, in terms of like getting from point A to point B to point C to point D. And they, they don't spend a ton of time on backstory. Like you got the robots and it's the mall. You got these guys working there. They're having a party go, you know, and it's like, like how quickly we're through the exposition and into the point where the robots are going after them. And I was like, you know what? Like, I, th- I almost feel like, like this mo this movie knows what it is. You know, it, it's not something that thinks it's great, but it's actually terrible or, you know, something that, you know, set out, set out to be terrible for the sake of being ironic or something like that. It's, it's just like, you know, it's not, it's not great. It's, it's got, it's yeah. Like, uh, you know, the whole, like the way the robots kind of become sentient and the way they just decide like, yeah, like we're just going to go around and murder everybody. And like, you know, like, that that one, you know, and how they're like sneaking up on that one guy who's like got his, you know, got his feet up in reading. Like, you know, I feel like 
you know, there were moments like that where it's like, okay, like I get it, like a robot malfunctioning and being like, oh, my directive is to protect them all. I'm going to kill these teenagers. But the way it like, they were like, yeah, we're going to sneak up on this guy and kill him so we can get out here and go kill the teenagers. <laughs> like, so there are moments like that that are just kind of like, you know, they're, they're silly, but it's also not like, like terrible. Yeah. Cause I think it's because it's, it's like, yes, we're, this is a joke. We're, 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 you know, doing this in a funny way. It's almost like, they wanted to make a horror film that like definitely wouldn't give you nightmares after watching it. You know, it's not like, as opposed to, I feel like other horror films, like they, they try, they want to scare you. And to me, sometimes those are the ones that are worse because it's like maybe in the mid eighties, they were scary and now they're not. Now they're just silly. And it's like, Oh, how sad. Like you wanted to scare us, but you didn't. Whereas with this, it's almost like, it's almost like they didn't want to scare us. You know, but they also, I think, yeah, like weren't, I don't know. It's, it, it almost has like scream vibes to me because I feel like scream is scary. It, you know, it's not as much of a, of a parody as like scary movie is, but it kind of, it's that in the middle where it's like funny, but it knows it's funny, but it still is a horror film and it still has moments of like gore and like, you know, suspense and things like that. See, um, scream is like, it's predicated on, upping the formula so the the whole thing is yeah. it's scary because it's surprising it doesn't follow the formula like yeah but yeah so anyway like i definitely like and i think going into it too like seeing it on on youtube where you have the time there it's like oh like going like this is only an hour and 15 like oh damn okay like this yeah and it's and it definitely feels like it like it's it's fast paced like i said it doesn't waste any time it doesn't try to do anything more like grandiose than, you know, it's like, Oh, this will be the next Lord of the Rings, but with, you know, robots in a shopping mall, you know, it's like, no, it, it, you know, it knows what it is. You know, it, the, 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 again, the stuff was still cheesy, but I feel like a lot of the stuff that was cheesy is cheesy now because we know better, but I feel like it may not have been as cheesy back then, but yeah, it's, it, it is weird. It walks this weird line between some of the stuff that is like, almost too cheesy but then some of the stuff that's like you know okay back then like like the part like where at the end where she you know blows the thing up and is like she's like have a nice day i was like okay that's like cheesy as hell but like but like well done you know well done it's almost like it's almost like someone made this who is like a film student who is like a good student and paid attention in class and kind of followed all the things they learned in class about how to make a movie and how things are supposed to come back. But it kind of like also wasn't like, but maybe you shouldn't do some of those things because that those things happen so often. But so like, yeah, you can, you can see the parts there and sometimes observing the parts, you're kind of like, Oh, okay. I see what you're doing, but it's like, Oh, okay. But, but good job. You know, it's like you, you gave these robots a catchphrase so that you could turn it against them in the end. Like that's, that's funny. That's clever. Um, I also forgot that, that the last guy survives. I remember <laughs> at, the, at the time being like, he hit him with an air, with a, a fire extinguisher. Now he's dead. Like what the, and it was like, Oh, he didn't. Okay, cool. Like, so I thought that was like a nice, like little plot twist, like not, you know, like mind blowing, but just like, that was kind of nice. You know, I kind of left her to do, although I, I, I do like, 
the thing that like kind of pulled me out of it the most was like I didn't realize paint was that explosive. <laughs> like well, it it's, the, like, it's 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 yeah, the 80s and it is flammable as well. <laughs> it's like 80% lead and 20% <laughs> nitroglycerin. <laughs> right, yeah. So that that part I thought was kind of funny like that that blew up more than every time you know they were shooting at like propane tanks and <laughs> tanks of gasoline like none of that caused as much explosion as the paint spilled on the floor but yeah like i i kind of like that how i liked how resourceful they were but it was also in a very realistic sort of way like you know they weren't like so hardcore like oh we're gonna build a bomb it was just kind of like yeah like molotov cocktails with a jug of gasoline like you know and and you know again it it it, it seemed like okay like it, it seemed plausible, you know, and the, and the idea that, yeah, we're in a mall, we have access to these other, other stores that we can get into and get, you know, get supplies from. So, um, I thought that was cool. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I like, I, in, in a lot of ways, I think I liked it better the second time. I don't know that I'm going to go like watch it again, you know, at some other point, but I was surprised that like, you know, I feel like with, with usually with things, if it's like, I watch it the first time, it's like, I'm going into it kind of trying to be like, well, okay, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. And then by the end of it, it's just like, okay, that was a waste of time. Never again. But with this, it was definitely like, oh, okay. Like I didn't, I didn't hate it watching the second time. And, you know, definitely like was along for the ride more, I think, because, um, well, yeah, not not going into it along for the ride, but like went along for the ride because I was just like, oh, I like I'm not hating this, you know. And, you know, like I said before, like I know there are tons of people who like to to find reasons to to hate about things, that, you know, and I, I don't like to be like that. I, I like to be like, hey, like, who knows? Maybe this will be the best thing I've ever seen, you know, and it, so it definitely pleasantly surprised me this, this second time through. Um, again, I don't know that I would watch it again. I didn't like fall in love with it, but it was like, oh, all right, you know. It has its moments. It has its, you know, I, yeah, I feel like if I, yeah, if I was a film student and this was like either my, my film project or my first movie that I made on my own after film school, like I would, I would be proud of it. I'd be like, there are things I need to improve on, but like, yeah, like as a first go, that was, that was pretty good. You know, I didn't, I hate to say I didn't find anything because I just, I loved it the first time and I loved it again. Mm-hmm. And I, Tim, you said it knows what it is and that's perfect. You hit the nail on the head. You know, it's it's that like like there's a, a kind of person who does things ironically, which is fine if that's what you enjoy. But shopping mall is the we've circled all the way back to just no, you know what? Actually, I just like this for what it is type of thing. And then, like you said, of hey, what if we just took all of the regular tropes, stuck them into a horror comedy, and just you know did some cool stuff with robots, and then that's it. There you go. I, it's another one of those movies where everybody seems to know what they're making and know that they can just kind of be wild and do what they want with it, slash phone it in. But then also they don't phone it in. They commit. And everyone on the camera and behind the camera seems to have done it, you know? I don't know. I know that's not a huge amount to contribute, but I I think that sums it up really well. So thank you, Mm -hmm. Tim. Knows what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's like a perfect version of the grammar of slasher horror. Like, it's... like. It, it telegraphs most things, and I think that's something else about it. That it's like he's ogling the 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 pull the pin up centerfold in the, the uh, security booth. He turns around, and you're like, it's gonna 
choke him out through the thing. Like it's going to come through the paper, obviously. And it does like it, it always, it sets you up and it, it never lets you down in terms of like what we're leading to except, okay. The head explosion comes out of nowhere. And I had forgotten about it. And the first time we watched it on that couch, I was like, oh no, are they gonna, are they gonna, Boosh! that's and in it's... my notes. It's the lasers can't penetrate human scaly back plates, so they can easily obliterate their squishy skulls. Uh, it, it's just, <laughs> Why? it's amazing. Why? It, like, I, I love that. And it surprises you. And like, th- there's, there's personality to the robots. Like, the second one is a pyro. <laughs> the first one likes to get his hands dirty. He's the one ripping out throats and stabbing people. And then the third one's Italian. <laughs> Did you guys notice that? Like when he comes out to to uh, uh, engage, he lifts his hands in the like Italian pose. And then there's a sign, a shot behind it, just says Italian. He's just like doing the Italian hand, I, like what up? And I then really he dies. On purpose because in the opening, the one guy is like. There's an unpleasant ethnic quality to the second robot. <laughs> like, what? The robots. So that if it turns out it's robot three, that really has ethnic qualities on the screen. The absurdity. <laughs> like, I, I love how quickly it does so many things. It establishes all of the exhibition or exposition of what are these things? What are they for? How are they going to go wrong? Why didn't anybody ask these questions? They did ask these questions. And did they ask them by normal people? No, they did from the, the crazy couple at the HOA meeting who were in the front row of this this little presentation at the mall. Like, it just, it establishes a tone, abandons that tone, and, like, it, it I don't know, it, it has such a great knowledge of what it is. I, I, I saying it again for the third time, like, it, it just... And it executes and it commits. I think that's the other thing. It's like, yeah, if these things are corny, it's part of the makeup of this genre. So let's do it. And if we're going to do it, let's go all in for it. And it's like with a wink and a nod. They're doing it just with a smile instead. (laughs) Yeah, we know what this is, but not in the way Scream is like, do you get it? Do you get it? I do that every time I bring it up Scream because it's just so, it's in your face with this. This has an earnestness seems like a weird way of saying it but like it, it's it's authentic for what it is also it's it's aware of what it is and that helps with its authenticity i watching it i just i laughed i like there, there's a line where it's like they're fighting and it's like i'm sorry i guess i'm just not used to being chased around a mall at night by killer robots like it's like that was for the trailer, I guess. <laughs> like, where is it? <laughs> but it, it's great where it is. It needs to be there because it, it's just, it's the perfect mixture. I think the tone, like you said, it, it plays between these two tones. And I think it just, it nails it. I, I think it walks the line in such a great way. And it, it's, it's super fun. It's like, this paved the way for me to enjoy things like the stuff, which I know Tim hates. I love this stuff. <laughs> I also love Revenge of the Killer Tomatoes, which is the most bonkers B-movie sequel of all time, and I love it. Early George Clooney. Tim, you'll hate it. Zeke might like it. Scott, I don't know. It's a little... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've considered... That might be one I bring. Um, but, like, it, it, it's it's a great horror tone, and it, it it's, it's so much fun. Like, I, I really enjoy it. Like, so... Favorite scenes... I mean, I got to go early and 
call dibs on the janitor. <laughs> Just all of the janitor scene, especially calling the robot. And he's like, you clumsy son of a bitch. <laughs> Talking shit to the robot for a good five minutes before dying was great. Um, let's see. The laser beams looked <laughs> stupid and great. And I love that. Did you notice um, they were different colors? Like one yeah, player, two player, three? One, uh, <laughs> I love that too. Yeah, just weird colored laser beams. Just in case you need to know which one's shooting at you. <laughs> we color coordinated it for you. I also, um, it's a quick moment, but it's it it brings my heart joy. But just one of the one of the protectors riding up the escalator and just like <laughs> his little head comes up. It just, I, I like that a lot. <laughs> I've got some more, but I'll stop there. There's so much joy in those scenes. Tim, did you have one? Um, let's see. This isn't a, a scene necessarily, but something that just occurred to me, which I like when this, when this happens. And this was one of the things I liked about uh, game of Thrones is that when they're like, Oh, Maybe if we can get to the computer room, we can shut down the computer and it'll shut down the robots. And I feel like 99.9% of the time in a film, like they come up with an idea and then that, that idea plays out in its execution to its completion, whether it's successful or not, but like they never get there. Like other stuff happens in between, you know, and that was one of the things like, you know, like the reason I bring up game of Thrones, I feel like that happens so much time throughout there is like someone has a plan about what they're going to do. And then like, they just die and their, their whole machinations, just like nothing ever comes of it. You never see, you know, it's like, Oh, they're dead. That's it. That's life. That's what happens. Like you make plans and then you die before you get to do those plans. And I was like, I was like, how fucking brilliant is that to not just see like, okay, I'm going to tell you what the plot is going to be for the next hour and a half. And then we're going to go do that thing to be like, let's do this. And like in the process, it's like, no, they get turned around and, you know, we think he's dead and she's going to think up something else, you know? And I thought that was, that was really great that that, you know, and I feel like sometimes things like that, like will get criticized, like, oh, this whole idea was abandoned. And it's like, well, no, it wasn't abandoned. Like something else happened. And, you know, they, they ended up not getting to do the thing they wanted to do. And that's, you know, I think it, it gives a little bit extra bit of, reality to a story when that happens. Um, so I really like that. Um, also I, I can't be sure. And I, part of me wanted to go back, but then I was like, Oh, I don't care that much. But the, the, the pepperoni seed when <laughs> she, as she's like undressing, I think she's humming something and then that gets picked up in the score. So I don't know if that was like a theme that was pepperoni like theme. something. Yeah. Like that was either something that was like, but like the fact that the composer just like took that and was just like, yeah, we're going to, that's just the melody now in the, in the actual score. I was like, well done. <laughs> so the pepperoni scene is Greg and Susie are, are, are hooking up and he says, you smell like pepperoni. And then she goes to leave and he goes, wait a minute. I like pepperoni. <laughs> and she <laughs> strips off her top and it goes back for so I don't, I love that line. Because it's like the shit I used to say in high school to a girl. <laughs> like, I literally had, like, a, a girlfriend who worked at a pizza shop. And I went to kiss her. And, like, in a bad moment later, I was just like, I thought you were going to smell like artichokes. Like, it just, <laughs> it's a direct quote. <laughs> like, it just felt as silly and contrived as some of this dialogue is. Some of it rings corny and true to high school. Actually, yeah, and speaking of that ringing true to high school, one of the other things I like about that scene is, you know, before he says that, 
I think she's completely dressed still and he's in his boxer shorts. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I feel like that's the typical without kind of showing that scene. That's the typical, like, okay, guy like pulls, you know, as, as Dane cook says, you know, pulls his pants off like a, like an NBA player, you know, and just like, all right, we're going to do this. Like, and she's just like, she just, she just walked in the room and he's like, boom, I'm almost <laughs> naked. Let's go. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I do like that scene you mentioned, Tim, where they're deciding to go for the computer, but I like it because A, they grab their clothes and so they're all like tucked in that back room getting dressed, which is nice. I I guess I wouldn't blame them if they forgot to pick their clothes up while they're being shot at. But it was such a nice like yeah, they didn't just run out of there in a panic. They grabbed their stuff and left. I don't know, it was just kind of a nice touch. And then the first thing they try to do is, hey, we should leave and or call for help. And just as they're realizing the phones are out, the door's shut. It's like, okay, you know, it's not that they didn't think of that or anything. It's, you know, the, the option isn't available to them. I don't like what you said about just stuff happens and their plans kind of become irrelevant. And then uh, I really liked, well, quote unquote, liked when the char- characters all first meet up and they they go to blow up the one robot and suddenly, nobody can hit anything. <laughs> all, all, all our characters who have thus far shot really well suddenly can't hit the broadside of a barn until our final girl grabs the revolver of all things and sets it off with one shot. And again, it's just it's there to be cool and to establish a capability, but you know, it it's nonsensical in a very joyous way. And then lastly, when she falls at the end, and she falls into oh yeah, she falls into something conveniently soft and the the tent thing like caves in and catches her. Sure, movie trope. Oh wow, she can't barely move. She like, crawls away in agony after that and stands up unsteadily on one leg and like limps away on the other ruined hip. That was great. That was a really nice touch. It's that kind of like consideration, I guess, that makes the whole film, it just ties everything together really well. Because as ridiculous as things get and as schlocky as things get, like they're still really the danger stays real throughout the whole film yeah like it was a lot i love the fall at the end because allison goes through what her friends greg and Susie go through greg is thrown from the top and then Susie is is hobbled and is walking away and then set on fire which that effect is Pretty terrifying, pretty disturbing. The way she flails, the way I don't know how they did that. That looked pretty close to real. I mean, I saw that Michael Jackson Pepsi ad. I know what a dude looking on fire looks like. That looked like it to me. <laughs> like it, that, that was really disturbing. So it was interesting to see kind of those two prior deaths come back, echoed at this because that's what it would take to kill her at this point. She's the final girl. You got to do a combination of things. So she's thrown from the, or falls from the top and is dragging herself away. And like it, I, I just liked that, that um, kind of the bookend of that. I thought that was really interesting. Um, I also love that. Uh, what is it? Kurt Kirby. What's his name? Birdie. 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 R-D-Y. Birdie. <laughs> I like when they go to the, the sporting goods store and oh my god, the sporting like the amount of ammunition and weaponry in a fucking mall. Jesus Christ. Like I like how they're they're gunning up and he comes out with a revolver and a fucking propane tank. And I'm like, maybe in the eighties that looks silly, but I'm like, 
okay, the ball's on this guy. He's going to make that happen? And then he can't shoot it at all? It's just like, anybody, you see that person in any video game scenario, run. Like, if they're that confident, that's that's not a dummy choice. They've deliberately put themselves in this position. So I, I like that. I mean, I got to be the one to say it. Fuck the fuchsia, it's Friday. I think it holds up. I, I love that joke. I love that he's giving him shit about, like, don't worry about this fuchsia. They're at this furniture store. Fuck the future, fuchsia. It's Friday. And then <laughs> the thing that I had forgotten, and it's I, I this is why in the meme that I did, I have this motion. Ferdy pulls his clip-off tie off at the end of that scene. And it's just a, it's, it's a perfect comedic moment. I think that's another thing that I really love about this. The comedic timing and the way it's shot and cut. Just the jo- when the jokes land, they land hard, and I thought that like it's fucking funny to me. <laughs> like it's just it's 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 the little little flourish at the end of the characterization of his character. The dude's got a clip on tie. Perfect. We know exactly who he is. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. So that that moment for sure. Zeke Zeke new to the, to that moment. <laughs> How do you feel? <laughs> It was great. I love knowing what the what the meme is now, and I'm ready to celebrate on Friday. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> My clip on tie and all. Um, I have a couple other favorite scenes that might paint me as a as a killer robot enthusiast or supporter. I, to me, they're very cute. I like them a lot. <laughs> they, they they make me happy. I know they're bad, but it's lightning. It's whatever. But the when the second technician comes in and he's uh, sitting in a chair and then the other, the, the, the one robot comes behind him and is going to kill him. Um, and his little robot door opens up and he's about to, you know, and then the phone rings and it just closes real quick. And then it opens up again and kills him. I just like the little door opening. It it makes me very happy. I love these robots a lot. Um, also the final, well, not the, but the, uh, pretty with the fire extinguisher, that death, or almost yeah. death. It's not really a death that we talked about earlier. Just something very slapstick funny about him throwing the fire extinguisher at it and then just picking it up and throwing Holy it back and back. hitting him square in the chest. Um, I like the robots. I'm, I'm here for it. And I was going to say one scene that I wrote down that was like kind of creepy given the, the circumstances that kind of stood out to me amongst all the rest of this just silliness was, um, at the end when she ends up in the pet store and there's snakes and tarantulas crawling over and she's yes. trying to be quiet you know so that it doesn't know where she's at and kill her too like that was genuinely creepy you could kind of put yourself in her shoes and just um you know just dealing with <laughs> it's a little bit quiet placey or just a little bit i mean any slasher right when you're trying to hide from the the killer um i thought that was a genuinely kind of creepy scene it's such a great escalation because mm-hmm. it's such a great idea. Go where there are other moving, living things to hide yourself. Great. But then you're on the floor, and the floor becomes scarier and scarier. Right. Like that, just that. In in the same way that like, it knows what it was. Like, it these these are directors who also could make a, a genuinely, or a, a director who could make a genuinely scary horror film if they wanted to. Like, right. the, the, the skill of that, the escalation. And it's so, it comes so late. And that's the thing. Third acts, especially in horror, and this is essentially an extension of the home invasion, right? It's just bigger, more fancy rooms with more stuff in it. So, like, when you get into the third act, it seems like the layouts you know. So, like, that's the great thing about the mall is you, there's so many different rooms to go. 
So the, the idea that it comes so late and it's so clever and it doesn't work. And the again, the pacing of it is so great because that's four minutes, five minutes, that sequence. But it builds the terror. Like, she's there. She's safe. He's knocking stuff off. Oh, spiders. Oh, scorpions. Oh, snakes. And then they're on her, too. It wasn't just implied. Like, the, the way that it, it – it, I just thought it was just a great motion between that sequence. Right. Oh, I was going to say, I, I love the moment where the doors are shutting. And it's it's a trailer silhouette. move. Silhouette, the silhouette yeah. shows up and he he does his little claw hand and then yeah. the doors shut. I just I, I love that the little flourish. They have personality. I I love how brutal yeah. some of the kills are. Like setting that setting the girl on fire, ripping out throats. As as silly as it looked, right? Like you didn't get a lot of effects or blood or anything. It was very uh, diplomatic or like um, uh, stealthy, I guess. No, I was going to say like conservative, just conservative or... in terms of like they didn't waste a lot of blood when the, when it came later when they did the big effect it was the last that big lightning or fireball like it was it was cool to see just like that robot didn't want to shoot him at a certain point I want to rip your throat out. and I like that that he he picked up the the extinguisher and threw it right back that it was it was great I liked that so much. I was going to say, Joel, you mentioned that this became a sort of gateway to horror for you. Uh, Tim, did this was this a gateway to anything for you in terms of other horror that you might have seen? And then, Zeke, obviously you only just saw it, but, you know, does this provide interest in anything else or shed new light in anything else? And I'll answer my own question, I guess. But the answer is yes. I, I definitely looked at a lot of these cheesy movies as more favorably. But, like you said, Tim... A lot of the other cheesy movies are just kind of sad. <laughs> I don't know, right? There's something about them that isn't... I just don't have the earnestness that this does, right? So it convinced me to give a lot of things a second pass, but it didn't end up really changing anything in the long run. For me, I, I don't think it was a gateway to anything, but it was it was kind of the opposite. It made me feel nostalgic about um, Short Circuit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which I just looked it up a little while ago, and it came out also in 1986. So, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if it's like, you know, I was wondering if one of them influenced the other, but it's like, maybe it was just, that's what it was on everyone's mind. Like, oh, the government's going to make robots to do all this stuff. Like, oh, what if we had a robot? The, what if we had a robot that, that, you know, came to life, but it was actually nice, you know? Like, so I think it's funny having those two movies on the opposite end of the spectrum, Um and I love Short Circuit. That was one of the the movies I watched many times as a kid. Although I think like a lot of the movies I watched as a kid, it was recorded from TV. And only about halfway through, like my parents like saw that it was on and like, oh, hit record. But like missed the first half hour. So I'm fuzzy as, as to how the film actually starts. But, you know, like I was all about number five as a kid. Um, and uh, and it, was, it was neat too, because I feel like that, you know, that was a obviously a bigger budget film. So like the animatronics of the robot is like way better and way cooler and way more believable. And I haven't seen it in a while, but I have a feeling that if I did see it, it wouldn't look quite so cheesy because there there's so much detail, like, like the way his eyes move and he has like these two flaps that come down over his eyes, but like they're used as like eyebrows. So when he's mad, they'll kind of go like this. And then at one point he sees a butterfly and they're like doing this. So like, there was, there was so much more detail. And I think, I think for me, that was part of what was the, a lot of the cheese in this was seeing 
how, um, yeah. So Zeke, not to knock the robots that you love so much, but have you ever seen <laughs> a short circuit? I haven't. Uh-uh. So either you would love it or hate it because either whatever it is you love about these robots, like maybe the extra detail in those robots would be like, eh, I like these robots. If mm. you're into robots, maybe you would see that and how expressive like that robot is and be like, Oh my God, mm. this is my new favorite movie. So I, I recommend che- checking out short circuit just to see, you know, if you, if, if it's like, you know, if, if this will be the gateway to other robot movies, the other cute <laughs> robot movies, you know, yeah. um, just, and I wonder, you know, like, that's gotta, there's gotta be a lineage there too, to something like Wally, you know, like someone at some point <laughs> must have seen short circuit and be like, we need to do another movie like that. Um, but, but yeah, like, yeah. Cause um, yeah, I remember as a kid and, and they were so intricate too, about like, what what different things he could do with his body like the way it was shaped and the way things moved on it and you know the whole idea was about him coming to life and being a person and in showing emotions and everything like that and it's um and there's actually i think there's part of him that breaks off and i think like they have like these these sort of more more like sleek you know metal faces but i think that part breaks off so you see underneath and that's almost what makes him look more human as a result so i don't know if that was part of it with this too like they wanted them to have that more clean cut almost like the you know like on battlestar galactica like those robots like the i feel like the chrome feature list tends to be more scary because it's just like cold and just like i'm going forward with my mission where whereas like yeah with with um and I'm wondering now if that's why on Transformers they they gave Optimus Prime a mouth, where in the cartoons he never had a mouth. He had that shield over his, and which made him look badass. And seeing Optimus Prime with with lips, that was one of the things that ruined it for me. Um, but like, yeah, like by getting to see more details and features in in Number Five, that was his name because yeah, they had like there were like five or six of them, and he was the one that was struck by lightning. Of course, it's always lightning, you know. Um, you know, it just, you know, it's the power of God coming down, like, okay, you have consciousness now, like, okay, go forth and be a living being. Like, that's what it takes. That's how it works, I guess. But, um, but yeah, so that's, that's definitely the thing for me, not, not going forward into exploring something, but like thinking about that film as a big part of my childhood and Steve Gutenberg's in it and Ali Sheedy's in it. Like, so they're actually like good human actors also. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's really great movies though. What? You got to prepare for brown face, though. Is the... <laughs> there is that, yeah. There is brown face in it, yeah. So um... it's shitty because, like, the the technicality execution is is awesome. Like, if they had cast one person, like, I just, right? It's it's it sucks. Like, <laughs> that does suck. Well, and that's part of it too. I don't know if this makes it better or worse because I know, like, with you know with blackface it's meant to be a parody but as a kid like i was never aware that that wasn't an indian actor so i mean I don't, again i don't know if it's better or worse that i don't think they were trying to make it a joke that this was a white person yeah, it's not a caricature but it, it, it's yeah. definitely not you don't do it you know like yeah, <laughs> yeah. but like yeah like and uh, yeah so so yeah like maybe yeah remake that film cast an indian actor and then we can kind of redeem it you know but um but yeah and although I, I i wonder if they would ruin it by using cgi and then it wouldn't be as convincing you know like that was one of the things that was great and maybe that's also why i look back fondly on it is that i think it was all like puppetry work you know right. so everything was real everything was three-dimensional you know um 
but yeah, you know, and it's funny, like, yeah, like talk about the, you know, the guy and they're talking with the hands and like, you know, like, you know, he's, you know, he's very expressive and he's always like touching things as he's like, you know, like figuring them out and figuring life out and everything. And, um, so anyway, yeah, it makes me want to watch short, short circuit. So check it out. Nor the brown face, you know, it's, it's terrible that it's there, but you know, watch around that, <laughs> watch the robot, you know, <laughs> When we do have robot people, what will they call these humans cast as robots in the past? Will that be Chrome Face? <laughs> no, I'm sorry, that's a bad joke. Okay. No. I think that's punching up still. Okay, no. <laughs> I, I mean, not burdened with consciousness. You know, it's well, some kind of things you've you know have been examined in other sci-fi's, right? The rights of synthetic beings. Oh yeah, for sure. Sure, maybe that's in our own future, but. But yes, it is still very much the realm of fiction. So I feel a little dirty compared to an actual issue we face. Oh, yeah. For sure. What about you, Zeke? Has Chopping Mall inspired you at all? It's interesting because it's kind of maybe reframing how I think about bad movies or bad horror movies. I don't know. I feel like I have a longer leash for a bad horror movie that's older than I do a new one. Um, and I don't know if it's just because I'm giving it more grace for the effects to be bad, for the acting to be bad, but if, and that's when I, so when I was doing my first impressions and I was talking about some of those differences, I think that's a little bit what I was getting at is just that like a WrestleManiac or something that came out, you know, in the 2010s or, you know, last few years, that's bad versus this like when this came out was it meant to be bad were, you know were people flocking to the box office to see it i don't think they were right so was it just like some straight to vhs situation like trying to place it where where it was when it came out versus i don't know like bad movies now like i don't think i really carve out a lot of time to watch new bad movies I don't know that this would change that i don't know that like i'm going to start watching bad straight to dvd or straight to streaming horror movies that being said i have watched some that are very shitty and they're fun um tim like you said earlier to watch with other people and just kind of joke about and um and enjoy in that way but i don't know i i think i have a better appreciation for this one because it's older and so i don't know if it's gonna inspire me to watch other similar things or i don't know that's kind of what i'm grappling with with that question and what I look forward to now. That kind of was what happened with me, right? I thought, oh yeah, these are bad. And some other films will also surprise me. Some of them won't though. <laughs> just just fair warning. Right. I think there's like a, a little bit of a resurgence in just like schlocky bad shows and movies. Um has anyone watched uh Detective Comrade oh. at all? That's uh I think just it's on Hulu now. But it's like, uh, let me just get a quick rundown of it. Yeah, it's uh, that's not the one I was thinking of. I'll have to, I'll have to look it up and and get back to you on it. But it was a old, um, I think propaganda show from somewhere, and then got remade, um, and kind of got dubbed over. Anyway, um, I don't know. It's terrible, but the way they kind of redid it for new TV was great. Um. Anyway, I'm trying to remember where I was going with this. Oh, um, I have a tradition with uh, family, like around Christmas, to watch just terrible things. And so I do feel like Chopping Mall is something I'm going to be like, you know, we'll do like with Natalie's family. Everyone's a little bit drunk. We've had our Christmas cocktails. Yes. I might see if I can get them to throw on uh, Chopping Mall and just 
see how that goes for the first 10, 20 minutes, see where people are at with it. So I think it is something that I would revisit just for the, the terribleness of it, but like a terribleness that I enjoy. So this one is such a great sit on the couch and watch together. Like it's, it, it's a great movie night popcorn. Just, I, it is for that. Like it, 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 it's designed for that. It's so great. <laughs> I, I was missing out getting to see you guys. Like we haven't watched a movie together in a long, long time on a couch. Like this one would have been just hilarious to just, just see Zeke in real time react to this. Yeah, that would have been wonderful. <laughs> well, and that's a good point too, because like the, um, you know, you made me think. Uh, well, Joel, you mentioned the stuff earlier. So how I was introduced <laughs> to this stuff was my my friend Jay. You know, he 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 loves eighties movies, and he's I think he's like he's seen way more a way more diverse amount of films from the eighties. Whereas I had like the staples that, like I said, my parents would record if they came on TV, and then we'd have those on VHS tapes, and I'd rewatch those. So like Teen Wolf, um, you know, like I said, uh, Short Circuit. I feel like there was another handful of films like that. Um, whereas like Jay definitely told me about a bunch of other films. I was like, I've never heard of that. So like, uh, we watched three o'clock high and that's another movie that he loves from his childhood that I hated. I was just like, this movie's terrible. I, I never want to see this again. And the stuff was one of those. So that was kind of part of that. So I was, I was just thinking like, Oh, it would be fun to, if he hasn't already seen chopping ball to be like, Hey, I'm going to bring a bad eighties movie to, you now. but, but that's part of it too. Is like, I was also just thinking, you know, the sad part of it is it's like, well, if I go back, back home to visit my friends and family, like, I don't know that I want to spend like two hours just sitting on a couch watching. Well, I guess it is only an hour and 15 minutes. So maybe it is worthwhile, but (laughs) you know, usually there's like other things I'm trying to do and I'm trying to meet with people and have conversations and catch up. And, you know, so it's not just like, Oh, let's just sit down and watch a movie. And so at some point, if, you know, um, it would be nice if there was that time to spend you know, to be like, yeah, let's, let's watch this bad movie. And now I can introduce you to a a bad eighties film and, you know, and, and he'll probably love it. I think he, he, he tends to like, I think things just in that general genre, you know, I don't, I don't know that it's, I mean, it may just be about nostalgia, you know, about the stuff that he saw as a kid that he's very fond of, but I feel like he would still appreciate it, you know, from that sense and be like, why did I never know about this when I was a kid? Like I would have loved this when I was a kid, you know, kind of thing. So, so that's fun. Maybe that that would be a situation where I would rewatch this. Thing. Speaking of the stuff, when are they going to make the threequel, the third, the third stuff? Is there three stuffs? Well, the stuff and then the right stuff. <laughs> You're welcome. son of a bitch. That shouldn't <laughs> so, have been. That so shouldn't when have does the wrong me. stuff come along? God damn it! Uh, oh, you're you all well. played that so deadpan. God, you're consummate profession. They're gonna do like the Alien trilogy, and the third part will be called Stuffs. <laughs> It'll be the right stuff versus stuff requiem. <laughs> stuff versus the blob. Or, or, or it'll be that. stuff cubed and instead of it being like this amorphous blob it'll be a cube of stuff it'll be like the cube the mothership you know like too stuff too furious yes <laughs> yes three men in a stuff <laughs> stuff in space see i just want to do two girls one stuff and that killed it and that's that's the close jolt took it out behind the witch (laughs) (laughs) 
so it's in terms of like it's i think i'm on a um back on a horror kick now as, as a result of this like i am on the we're, we're approaching september which is approaching october which is <laughs> when i usually watch all the horror <laughs> i'm like walmart and christmas it's bad but uh yeah i've been i'm I don't know. This this makes me want to watch like the Friday the Thirteenth movies. I think Jason is such a great Mister Magoo slasher villain. He'll trip. He'll fall. He'll he's creative with how he hangs things. He's creative with how he kills people. Like it just it it put me in my. This is like a great version of that kind of schlocky, interesting slasher with these kind of this humor. And then the, the, the thing about. uh I don't know with Friday the 13th sometimes you you hate the kids that are dying and it's okay that they're dying. With this like you you feel for the kids. Like they're they're irritating in their tropes but there there's nothing offensive about them, right? Like and the way they make decisions is really kind of it it doesn't it's not like why the fuck are you doing it? Like it makes sense. Susie was in the the air vent and trapped and hot and claustrophobic. That's why she went out. It wasn't like on a whim, it was a bunch of things came together. Like it seemed like they did a good job of characterizing how they were making decisions. So you liked them and you wanted them to triumph. And that's different from, I mean, some of the sleepaway camp, I mean, sleepaway camp is all about just murdering people who deserve it. <laughs> like now I want to watch sleepaway camp, which is totally, <laughs> yeah, fucked. Totally, totally <laughs> you know, the, it uses that panic trope for Susie, right? Yeah. Of the characters in a traumatic situation. So they're going to panic and act irrationally, but it does it once. Yeah. And, it and it wasn't lie. immediate. Like it built to that point. Like it, I, I liked that a lot about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't hide behind the chainsaws like that Geico commercial or whatever the right. fuck it was. I do have a note from that though, where, cause they're, they're in the vent and it's supposed to be hot and they can't touch the vent anymore. And Allison like pulls her sleeves down her hands, like cover your hands with some, Allison's wearing like two sweaters. Yep. Okay. <laughs> And then B, she says that to Susie, who's wearing a vest and a bra. Right, she's got. She put on her hands, right? <laughs> like, oh my god, I can, I can forgive that, you know. Especially if you figure Allison wasn't looking back at her or anything, right? right. Just, just moving forward. Oh, when they do the the uh, the suit up, like the gun up, uh, they one of them says, "Let's go send these things a Rambo Graham." Yes. Just uh, yes. Sorry. Why is that not the tagline? Like, I love that. Rambo Graham. <laughs> Somehow you made both those words worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did want to talk about the mall setting a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just a great place for horror movies, I feel like, right? I mean, you got Dawn of the Dad. And I think with the the gearing up in the uh, sporting goods store scene, I was thinking of, um, did anyone else play Dead Rising? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking of Dead Rising and just kind of, you know, you're free to move about the mall and kind of use what you find to, you know, battle whatever it is. Wacky weapons, yeah. Exactly. And yeah, I guess there was a little bit of that with him grabbing the revolver and the propane tank and like right. just making whatever you can find work. Was it um, Rising 2 that had the kayak paddle with the chainsaws on each end? Yeah. <laughs> Play those again. It's yeah. amazing. But, um, you know, even, even the revolver thing, though, like the others tell him, hey, you grab the propane tanks. So it makes sense that he's mm-hmm. going to carry a gun he can shoot while he's running with a propane tank in his hand. Right. And they were even skeptical of him being able to shoot that yeah, too, right? Which is why they're like, hey, we're going to get these big things. Are you sure you can shoot that, you know, handgun? Um, yeah, I don't know. And I don't know if anyone has any insight on like why, I mean, was was 
Dawn of the Dead may be the first one. I know that like the American mall was just a centerpiece of culture for a very long time. And that was kind of the hangout. And so maybe that's why it started to become a familiar setting for some of these movies. Um, you know, so or Dawn... if there's just something special about that setting, we've talked a little bit about how you're, especially when you're like hunkered into it, right. And you're kind of navigating that space. But um, I just thought it worked really well for, these people, that villain, and just to keep it all in tight. Yeah. D- Dawn was the first one set in a mall, and it was kind of like one of the first malls in America was that mm. one. So at that point, it wasn't like a big thing. That That's 79, I think. Uh, John, kill me for not knowing when the dead movies are. But like that, that was early. And this is, this is several years, like 86. It's very much more like malls are more common. And 78, 78. Okay. According to Wikipedia in the ballpark there. Um, and that was, I think it was a budget constraint thing. Cause they, they were only shooting before the mall would open and after. So like they had very specific windows and with lighting and stuff, they had to, to make it. I wonder I wonder if it's a way to do it cheaply is like, you just, whoever owns the mall, you're like, Hey, can I, we get on site for this after the hours? And then you can have like, okay, the, this store gets free publicity and stuff. I get, I wonder, I, and this is a very different mall. Like it's cool to see kind of never been to a mall in the eighties, but it was kind of cool to see in like William Gibson style in reverse, like that projected future thing. Like I've seen our malls, like I'm thinking Buckingham square mall in Aurora like that going back even further to that this one in shopping mall and just like how malls are now just an interesting kind of i could see where we came from it was really interesting with the the how the food court and like that sequence too there's that montage where it's almost koya and scotsy through the mall and you're seeing all of these things and everybody's dropping everything that's i've written that down in the first 15 minutes it's like Everybody at this mall is dropping things all the time. <laughs> so why the janitor was so angry. So he's got to clean up their shit. <laughs> all ties in. I think that actor's name is Dick Miller. And what what a, a treasure he was. You know, like, I think everybody else in the class is like D or C listers or extras or guy who gets killed number three in a lot of other horror films of the time. But Lee, that guy was a name at the, yeah, at the time. Hey, he was he was in Gremlins, wasn't he? I think I, that's where I recognized him from. Isn't he the dad in Gremlins? Yeah. No, I think or, he's he's no. like the neighbor who like. Oh, okay. He's he's the one I think who who like names them because he's talking about like oh the Germans are putting Gremlins in there you know if you buy a German car it starts going funky because there's a Gremlin in it like you know like ah. it's some like old wives' tale or whatever you know that he's you know so he's the one kind of like complaining about the gremlins so when there's actually like a gremlin in his like plow or whatever the hell it was he's like oh there's a gremlin in my plow and it's like oh yeah gremlins (laughs) kid kind of fucked me up because i was kind of like oh like he knows about these gremlins so they must be a real thing you know it wasn't like all of a sudden there are these monsters what are they doing there like so the fact that like he kind of knew what they were but it was because he was like you know paranoid that like yeah like that's that's what that's what they're doing they're putting monsters in their machinery and they're you know they mess your stuff up and but yeah to me it was just like oh are gremlins a thing should i know about gremlins like i mean i do now because of this movie but like is it something i have to be aware of and worried about like (laughs) 
Maybe that's what I should be inspired to watch because I've never seen Gremlins all the way through. I need to to work on that. That's kind of a problem. <laughs> it's another one I I didn't for the longest time didn't know how that movie started because we had recorded it part way through. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, that's made that's made it onto my like Christmas movie list now. That's what I saw. <laughs> so Zeke, uh, uh, long going horror conversation on a, a, a scale from. Uh, Leprechaun six in space to the shining. Uh-huh. <laughs> where where's chopping mall fits? <laughs> On what uh, metric? <laughs> you hate you hate the leprechaun in space. So I'm just in terms of like the cheesy horror movies of this era that I've heard you talk yeah. about. In that terms might of be, that might be another one to rewatch because oh, I wonder really? if I maybe they maybe that's my inspiration from this is like do I give Leprechaun in space another chance? because I was expecting it to be good and scary before, and it was just bad and corny, and maybe now I like bad and corny. Um, I mean, it's definitely closer to Leprechaun in space <laughs> than it is to The Shining in terms of quality and corniness. <laughs> so it's down on that end. I, I think. So, see, your scale hasn't shifted that much. It's still... Yeah, I mean, if I have integrity. to place it, yeah, it's not The Shining. It's almost so. a subgenre change, you know? It's, it's again, mm-hmm. it's the difference between Elliot and Aliens. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, how do you compare the Shining to Chopping mm-hmm. Mall, right? So which Although one's Chopping... Alien and which one's Aliens? <laughs> Chopping Mall does make me want to rewatch the Final Destination movies, though. Ooh, Ooh yeah. yeah. So good. So <laughs> good. Those hold up, man. Like, even, like, as dated as they are, you go, like, seriously, that first one? Damn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. I, I enjoyed all of those. <laughs> I've still only seen the first three, actually. Which leaves me with what three others to watch? Are there six now? I think we're just, just five. five. I think so. I think they're working on six now. I think five is out, so it'll be an interesting <laughs> rewatch and pre- preparation for that <laughs> sequel yeah. reboot thing. <laughs> Squeeboot. Squeeboot. <laughs> Final Destination v Scream. Let's let's give it to us, cowards. Let's just do it. Let's try and. <laughs> Kill them all. And at the end, uh, a killbot from Shopping Mall shows up. Have a nice day. It was them all along. I would, I, I would watch a sequel to this. Like, I, it would be really, like, I don't know that they, it would never have the charm. It would never, but like, I, 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 if it was in the same universe, it's like, okay, what if, what if this technology like was fixed and then it's modern and then they're like, <laughs> killbot drones. <laughs> that have the little pictures. <laughs> you can also go with Scream Angle, and because um, doesn't Freddy's uncle own the shop? Yeah, and, like he could, uh, he could be really upset about everything that went down, and like blame the kids and start hunting Freddy and Allison and their new friends. Oh God! In a mall at night, <laughs> dressed as a robot. <laughs> dressed as a robot. <laughs> well, that makes me think, like maybe the mall, like Freddy owns that shop now. So he's an uh, old man, <laughs> and yes, it's just. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then Allison shows up at the end to Rambo Graham him back to hell. <laughs> Rambo. Oh. I want in the see if there is a sequel. I want John Connor to come back from the future and be like, "All right, that's it. You know, you want something done right, you do it yourself. I'm not sending anyone else. I'm doing it myself this time." <laughs> And that's the end. It closes the loop. <laughs> in the opening portion of the sequel, we should have two characters like having a conversation at the at the food court or something. And then we should see every robot involved mall movie scene happen behind them. Terminator <laughs> two, right? <And> confrontation <laughs> will take place and they just don't notice. <laughs> 
<laughs> and maybe they're watching that instead of that crab movie. I want to know what that giant crab movie was. That, that was interesting. It's on the Wikipedia page. Is it? It's uh, Attack of the Crab Monsters. You know, when, when it, when, independently made American black and white sci-fi horror film. When you call the movie what it is, it's a good sign. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, once again, a, a survivor girl with a flair will, will rule the world. They did it with Layla in Moon Knight, and it goes all the way back to Chopping Mall. That Chekhov's flair that she stuffs inside, I love that. <laughs> Just <laughs> They even use a flair as, as a weapon or a defense in Jurassic Park. Like, flares are very important to the history of horror. That's another <laughs> book I want. <laughs> a horror history of film flares. <laughs> They're all identical. <laughs> a flare story. A flare story. <laughs> and then the fil- the book is actually just a history of the types of flares used. It's like just a chronological. Every page is a picture <laughs> of the model of flare and a brief paragraph. This model flare was first produced in this year. It was featured this... in these films. And that's it. That's the whole book. It's just like 50 different flare models. No pictures from the films. This show is only for me. Like, <laughs> I love that you just took the flare and ran with it. <laughs> just like our final girls did <laughs> in all the movies I held it over my head limped off oh, so it, it, this week we asked the question what if Zeke had seen Chopping Mall and it's yes. we talk about flares for 45 minutes it's, <laughs> it's a dark it's, future it fits the original episode <laughs> but we did it at the end we talked about the film this time <laughs> yes 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 we did do you have situational recommendations here, Joel, or do we want to skip them for this throwback run? Oh, I never want to skip them. <laughs> <laughs> so I I have it's kind of a rough one. Oh, I love those. Let's do it. Well it's Well let me put it right here. It is it is time for <laughs> another situational movie recommendation. <laughs> So in keeping with what we talked about with Chopping Mall, about a film that takes something that's tired and does it earnestly and comes out better for it, what's your film that just, like, walks trope ground, but you keep coming back and rewatching it every time? You know, what's your film that does nothing new, but comes out above the pack? And I'll mention a film I didn't pick for this What If Zeke sequence, actually, Need for Speed, which is this complete, like, by the numbers, street racing, you know, just totally, they, they, they line subplots up one by one that all resolve themselves in 10 minutes. And then by the end of it, you're really suddenly invested in the characters and you care about their fate. Went, wow, wait, was this a good movie? Um, and I recall Joel and Tim, you feeling similarly. Like, oh, yeah, that movie is way better than it should be. Went, oh, yeah. And you know, Zeke, if you get the chance, I highly recommend it, right? I'm picking something different for you. But not enough for him to pick it. <laughs> that's that's the metric. <laughs> uh, well, I there were, it was top three for sure. And actually, I didn't pick it partly because you picked Chopping Mall, and it does a similar oh, thing, which you. is what gave me my situational recommendation. So, yeah, I didn't want to just hand Zeke another, this is a cheesy movie that I like, like two in a row. <laughs> you know, I figured, let's plumb the depths a bit. I'm going to go Pacific Rim- it just is what it says it is. Like I, it's giant monsters and giant mechs. That's yeah. it. It 
it gave me what I wanted at at that moment. It was it was better at being the Transformer thing. So yeah, yeah, with you there. yeah. <laughs> like I, I really like that. For I still haven't seen the sequel, but like mm. in the same way, kind of it gave you a like an accelerated expositional backstory right up top. Didn't really linger on too much. Just kind of went through. Like I I liked it. I, I thought it was here. Are your characters me... they're going to act rationally. You're going to care yeah. about them. We're not going to do some stupid nonsense. Just. Here you go, from A to B. Well, then Mike. the other one is uh, apropos. I'm wearing the tank. Meg, the Meg. Speech, please. Yes. <laughs> that that movie yep. is is all of the Jaws sequels in one movie, and it lives. It it only does that. It's great. Shark movie, the movie. Yep. <laughs> I will say, Joel, regarding Pacific Rim's sequel, it doesn't doesn't live up to the original. That's that's what I've heard. I, I mean, it's visually fair, it's supposed to be it's cool. It's just a big dumb action movie that makes up plot excuses for us to see robots fight monsters. And if that was all the first film had been, second would be great. But then the first film turned out to be good, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, wow, there's a plot here I care about. So now suddenly a sequel that is just the, here's our excuse to watch things fight, doesn't hold. If it come out in reverse order, you know, plot notwithstanding, we'd be fine, right? <laughs> but, yeah. I've heard the Netflix series is good, though. Oh, interesting. I haven't watched that yet. Zeke, did you find I can't think of anything yet. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, you're, you're, yeah, you're the Need for Speed. That was a good example. Like, after you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, I remember liking that. Like, yeah, it didn't have to be, you know, anything more than that. Like, it made me care just enough to, you know, and didn't make me wait too long to see the racing, you know, like. Mm-hmm. And I actually didn't even think of Pacific Rim in that classification until Joel said it. So I. Yeah, I don't blame you all. It, it's kind of hard to dredge these up. This is when having a shelf to look at comes in handy. Like mm-hmm. I do most episodes. I feel like if I suggest more, I'll just be taking them. Like D- Daredevil is just... Yeah, Daredevil is the boat. best movie of that type at that time, I think. Like, it's just... It's really good. Like, it, it, I don't need it to be anything other than that. Uh, I might bring this to the podcast at another point, but The Raid... Oh my God, the raid! Uh, Which I don't, I don't quite know if that fits because you could argue that that elevates its genre a bit. You know, it innovates a little. So, yeah, I, I feel like that's a really innovate. Like it, it, yeah, it's basically all old boy up rather than horizontal. Like in in terms <laughs> of like, it, 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 yeah, yeah, that one's almost a subgenre unto itself. Yeah, that's fair. We might I have think, a double I feel like there have been... Hmm. We might have a double stumper for the first time in segment history. What if Z, if Z can see chopping mall, we wouldn't do the segment. <laughs> I, uh, I'm trying to think of like, like action movies I've watched, you know, and I, I think that's part of it is like, you know, so much of what I watch now are comic book movies, you know? And it's like, I feel like, you know, before that, like I, I was into action movies. I would watch action movies and I wouldn't, you know, and, before the matrix, I wasn't, I wouldn't watch an action movie expecting something to blow my mind too. It was just, I was expecting action. So yeah, whatever, all the move, all the action movies, I can't remember that I've watched before the matrix. That's my answer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm torn because I'm thinking, I'm thinking most sports movies, right? But then when I go to pick out a specific thing. I'm like, no, I like that one because it does this thing differently. Or I like that one because it does this thing differently. Um, 
I mean, but a lot of sports movies are pretty formulaic, right? Like you've got an underdog or you've got a team that's, you know, got no shot of winning everything stacked against them. Um, right. So something like the longest yard, but that's unique because it's a pro football player who's in prison and playing with inmates. And like, so that alone is unique. The comedy of it is unique. So it's not super formulaic, but like pieces of it are right. They're not supposed to win and they find a way to win. Um, I don't know. So I was going down that path and, but when I come up with specific movies to name, I'm struggling because they are a little bit different. Um, I'll go maybe that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Tim, I, I think similarly, like, I don't know. I mean, I think the mission impossible movies are pretty formulaic, but every yeah. time I see them, I'm like, Oh wow. I really like that one. And I have a great time despite the fact that they follow all the tropes and things like that. So example. I'll go so mission impossible was like a movie of a TV show. That was a reboot of an RTV show. Right. <laughs> That's what six, seven sequels deep now, whatever they're on. Yeah. So, and, and I'll, I'll go mission impossible. <laughs> it's crazy. Like they, they reinvented that franchise three times and now it has a formula. Like it's, it's crazy that the second right. film in that series is John Woo directed Mission Impossible 2, which is <laughs> maybe the most John Woo film ever made. <laughs> like that's that's good. Like I, I need to see those later sequels. Like because I, I saw the last one, I don't remember the last one I had seen. I, I'd also conflate them with Fast and Furious because of the stunts. When they do the car between the two skyscrapers in Dubai, I don't remember if that's Fast Six or if it's uh, Mission Impossible. Maybe, well, no, because Fast, those movies. Or maybe it's Skyscraper, or maybe it's Rampage. <laughs> yes. Skyscraper is also a great one. It's just big diehard. It's big dumb diehard. It's all it is. Oh, I, well, so, so I, I thought of a good answer. The, the the Hobbs versus Shaw or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. that was great. Like, like, I've never seen, I saw the first um fast and the furious movie and that's it but i was like i like jason statham i like the rock i like idris elba like let's do it like whatever i don't care i don't care what this is about do it <laughs> what a strange one to have seen number one in that one <laughs> well, yeah, i didn't want to see any others after i'd seen the first one i was like <laughs> nope done <laughs> cashing my chips <laughs> I, I thought of another one too this this might be controversial and i'm not gonna argue in favor of it but um, I think the the first John Wick is just his dog died, cars. Okay, he's just going to kill everybody. Like there's, I think the other two delve much deeper into the backstory, and we get more like you know you know more fleshing out of the character. But like that that first one is just like balls to the walls. Like you know, here's your reason for him killing everybody. Go. Like um, there's no. I would, I would you probably know, classify that alongside the raid. In that, yeah, in a similar way, a like a little bit paint by numbers and a little bit new flavor. And I, I yeah, just, I won't really argue whichever side you want to put the balance on. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's almost like it's quintessential, right? Like it has all of the ingredients, but they push it to 11 in a good way. Like I feel like that's the, like it, it was the most pared down premise and motivation, and they got right into it. That, like, yeah, I mean. That's that's an odd pairing with Chopping Mall, like the idea of like 
just kind of very, you establish the parameters and work within those parameters and just do a good job at doing those parameters. But like, it's hard to think of John Wick that way because it would just, it, it was so, the pared downness of it made it so appealing, which was a weird metric. Yeah, that, I like that one a lot. Mm-hmm, yeah, I like that. All right, that worked out. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I almost ruined everything. We're all all okay together again. Well, thank you, Joel, for running Chopping Mall back to us. Really, I, this was this was great. It was great to to bring it to Zeke. It was nice to revisit it, even just as far as the three of us. I think this was a, that was a really excellent choice. Yeah, I'm really fascinated to see what you guys chose because, like, I, I love this premise. Like, you, you bring in this idea, it's just, it, it it revitalized something I, for me. I it, and it was cool to go back and see what all we had watched because we. I mean, this is gonna what we're recording now is episode seventy eight. Like, that's. That's a lot. And I mean, there's certain interstitial recap episodes where we talked about the previous three films, but like, it's crazy to think like how much we've seen together and the weird ways it's kind of taken shape. And it's, it's interesting to look back and see what Zeke has seen and had that. So I was a little annoyed that y'all thought this was a good enough idea to adopt immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Because in March of 2020, I had a film I was going to pick. And it wasn't streaming anywhere. So I had a disc copy and then COVID happened that we didn't get together. So I just put it on the shelf and we haven't done an in-person episode since, but it's finally streaming on Amazon. It's a rental. And I was about to pick that when oh, no. I said, Hey guys, what if we did old episodes? And at the end, we, I put my head still off and I was like, I had to open my big mouth, didn't I? <laughs> so I still have to wait. It's coming later. Do not we'll threaten get... us with a contrived reason. It's <laughs> coming later, but to become more meta, <laughs> like, it was meta or variety, oh. and we chose meta as we always do. Yes, um, but I, I, yeah, I looked back, and like I said, I, I, I came down to a few. Need for Speed was close, but I thought we're getting a lot of that similarity with Chopping Mall, so I discarded it. I thought about Mystery Train, the Jim Jarmusch Ooh. film I brought. I wasn't sure that the three of us would have anything new to add. I definitely don't because I just, I've watched it about a dozen times before I even brought it, right? And there were other films that I thought we might have something new to add, but didn't necessarily want to just drop and seek out of nowhere. Anyway, it's going to be Shin Godzilla. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! 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 Okay. That's really far back. That was my second ever pick. And I very definitely have new things to say about it because at the time that was like my second ever Godzilla film. And I've now much more well-versed in that world. Uh, we've all seen more films come out. The whole Godzilla versus Kong thing has gone from a single Brian Cranston movie to its own mini franchise, you know? And then I, Zeke, have you seen Shin Godzilla? I actually have not. No. Excellent. Perfect. Oh, man. I the kid because I, I was kind of hoping you had uh, this, yeah, this is going to be great. I'm really Scott, excited about it. I feel like I peer pressured you into choosing Shin Godzilla the first time, and this time I feel like I did it with my mind. <laughs> like... Well, at the time, you pressured me into its order. I had my numbers two and three ready to go. Ah, I wasn't okay. sure where to put Shin Godzilla. So when you were like, throw it, like, okay, fine, number two. <laughs> so, so it's all good. I'm yeah, so happy. Nice. But Zeke, you do have a pretty good uh, history with other Godzilla movies, don't you? Yeah, fairly good. Um, yeah. Probably not the most comprehensive, but I've seen my fair share. Well, yeah, there's only one Joel here, but yeah, you know, it's, you're not you're not going in blind. So that'll be neat. It'll be really interesting to see what you think of this take. You know, it's it's very Japanese, but not 
in the way you're expected, probably. So I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to your summary of that one, Scott, because listeners go back because I go play by play, almost (laughs) scene by scene in my recap of that one. (laughs) Oh, man. Gosh. Oh, it's going to be great. I'm excited. (laughs) So, yeah, it's on Amazon right now or I presume, I know you own it, Joel. You must by now. I don't. I've been waiting for the right oh, steel book. Tearing my heart out. <laughs> well, anyway, and then for a uh, secret, Tim, I do have a copy on hand if you'd like to just borrow it. You said it's on Amazon? Yes. God, I'm really excited about that. <laughs> Suddenly, I'm in love with my own idea. Like, oh, hey, yeah, maybe this wasn't such a bad idea. <laughs> oh, this is great. Um, Zeke, is there anything you want to say, either about Chopping Mall or about just where we are in our experiment of bringing you back through our older films here at part one of three slash four ish, right? Depending on what we do for our fourth one. No. Yeah. Um, you know, nothing big right now. I'm just excited to get the chance to watch all of uh, your favorites and to revisit some of the things we're looking forward to talking about some more. So looking forward to the next one. Yeah, certainly me too. Thank you so much. And listeners. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Until next time, don't stay in malls after hours. Good night. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you. Have a nice day. (laughs) Movie Mumble comes to you from nerdsthatgeek.com. Visit nerdsthatgeek.com for all things Movie Mumble. Movie Mumble is hosted by Scott Murray, Joel Lewis, Tim Gerard, and Zeke Perez. The Movie Mumble theme song and all its variations were composed by Tim Gerard. The Situational Recommendation theme was composed by Joel Lewis, Scott Murray, and Tim Gerard, reluctantly. This episode of the Movie Mumble Podcast was edited by Joel Lewis. Are we not all saying that? No, I want it. I'm so glad you're your thing, Zeke. <laughs> you're the closer, man. You're cr- oh. the crusher at the end, man. I was like, Zeke better say this, and Joel and Tim better not take it away from him. And sure enough, boom. There Perfect. Are three, there are three robots, though. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> that's how we should have intro is like protector number one coming online. Because you, you did that in the... See, you're just good in the beginning and in the end. <laughs> Not the- happy to happy to take it. <laughs> I think the thing I'm most looking forward to about revisiting this movie is that our previous episode on it, we didn't fucking talk about the movie. <laughs> I listened to it yesterday, and we talk about the mo- like film progression and when the superhero bubble is gonna burst and fucking horror and Romero and everything John loves. And then we talk for maybe 15 minutes about this amazing movie. <laughs> I listened to it. I was like, oh, I should probably brush up. And then there's just nothing about it. I was like, all right, it was a different time. You're like, oh, all these dated fucking references. These fools don't even know about phase four yet. Also, I am the piss poor audio. It is so quiet. Uh, I, I have to go in and, and remix that one. So it... it, it Scott, you you are like whispering ASMR, but not sexy. It's like. <laughs>
And then John's up here. He's fast because he talks like he's from New York, but he's not. I don't get it. I do not understand. Remember, that was that was two mic days. There was no third oh, right. direction. Oh. And we weren't trying. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, Scott, you were jumping up and down over the back of the fucking. You know how hard it is to stay in my seat for this Zoom shit? Yeah. Seriously, there's sometimes you would just get further and higher. Like I, I we put I put it so you were fa- like in the couch and you'd have to go past Scott and go past furniture to escape. And you went vertical. It was like I can't trap this guy in the dungeon. Like, I was over that couch all the time, even when nobody was home. So that wasn't really. A... <laughs> The best well, the teenager thing about who comes the... in and out to their bedroom window, and you decide one day you're going to lock their door. They don't even <laughs> notice for a week, you know. <laughs> oh shit! What a, what a straight. This one's going to be extra loud. It's going to like make your ears bleed just to compensate for that. La- Seriously, <laughs> I was like, I like it's a, like all the way maxed on my phone. I'm still holding it up to my ear to hear what the fuck is being said. That's like, like 